Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union with two locations in Mankato since 1934. It pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA more at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org. Good morning for today's Every Day is Earth Day. I am interviewing Chris Meyer, and she is the Southeast Clean Energy Resource Team's coordinator. And she got her start in an interesting way in the business of clean energy. Apparently, it started from a DIY project for a net zero energy home remodel. I want to talk with her about that. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. How are you today, Karen? I'm doing great. Now, you've come a long way initially. I read that somewhere you wanted to start to install solar panels in your your home remodel, and that has led you to become, I guess, on the journey for clean energy. That, that you know that is about that is about right. My husband and I bought a home in Winona specifically because it had great solar access, mm-hmm. and we tried all kinds of things. Both of us became. Really, the issue that motivated us had to do with climate change um, and the desire to to do things differently, uh, especially since we live in Minnesota and you have to both heat and cool your homes. So Paul and I, when I retired, I also decided to go back and get a degree in clean, focusing on clean energy. So I did that. And all of those things led me to search the clean energy resource teams. And at first, I volunteered for them. I was on their the Southeast Region Steering Committee. And when their a position opened up with them, which is just a, a part-time contract position, I was really excited to have the opportunity because by that time, I was almost done with degree, uh, done with my degree in studying renewable energy. So you were involved. You talk about you had this initial project for a net zero energy home remodel. Let's start with that before we get on on the organization itself. What did you actually do to the home and that made you more interested in learning more about energy? Sure. We studied a lot of available information. We joined the Midwest Renewable Energy Association. We traveled to their conference and tried to learn about what alternatives there were. The very first thing is insulation. You know, your home has to be more energy efficient and you have to take advantage of the natural heating and cooling processes to make the home use less energy in order to be able to think then about powering it with renewable systems. And of course, this was back around 2007, 2008. I think we installed our first solar array. We had a solar PV array, and that was installed in 2009. And we also implemented a solar thermal array that would heat tanks of hot water and um, those tanks the water would be used to go through a radiant floor that would be the primary we hoped it would be the primary heating source for the home was it pretty expensive back then i mean it considered it was probably not done a lot it was the price of solar electric systems not only have the panels become more efficient and so less you can generate more electricity with less space, uh, but they 
also have come probably down to a third or 20% of the price of what it was back in 2009. And the solar thermal system, I think in Minnesota, it just proved to not really be that cost effective. We used a developer out of St. Paul and ours was probably only one of maybe 15 systems in the entire state that that developer had put in for folks. And there was a a state rebate and there's also like there was a federal tax credit at the time. But still, yes, we're talking more than $30,000 and it really didn't work very well to the extent that at the end of eight years, those metal tanks in the basement had to be replaced and it just wasn't cost effective. So we had that system taken out. Do you have any regrets going into the solar energy? Uh, Obviously the one with the solar thermal didn't work out, but the other with the solar panels? Now, not the solar panels for sure. We added more to that system later, and I have since moved because we, as we got older, we decided we needed to move into a house that was, had a single level. Mm-hmm. And so we did a number of those same steps over at the new house, which is to say we added exterior insulation, we upgraded the windows, we take advantage of the south-facing windows to the extent that we can. And we also installed a a solar electric array in our backyard. Now, when you say exterior insulation, what what does that exactly mean? New siding was something special, or or how did you do that? Well, if you want to increase the insulation in your home, you could tear off the interior walls and insulate. But the something that we have done twice now, and um, we know other folks that have done it, would be to yes to take off the siding and to insulate with additional siding on the exterior of the house. In our case, we at this current house, we used a material called rock wool or mineral wool, and it came and it comes in sort of a, it's a sheet, but the sheet is probably three inches thick, and it adds a little over an R10 to your wall value. So there's a system of adding furring strips to the outside walls and then fitting the insulation in between them and then then putting new in, new siding on the outside of that. Oh, okay. And have you noticed uh, a significant decrease in your energy costs or in the warmth or, or how have you seen benefits from this? Yeah, absolutely. At our previous house, we had done something similar. We had done the exterior installation all around the house and actually that place our entire year's heating uh, and electric and cooling bills were like around $800 a year. Mm. It's somewhat more at this house because we don't have quite as good southern window space. We used to get so much heating from the sun in the winter. Sure. Um, but we took advantage of, and we still do when we can, passive techniques. Uh, which is to say you minimize the amount of windows that you have on all the sides of the house except the south. And on the southern side, we would get special glass that allowed solar heat gain to happen, but then make sure that you have an overhang so that in the summer months, when you don't want it 
to be heating from the windows. The overhang from the roof really blocks the sun from directly hitting the windows. And you mentioned you had a solar array. Now, is that one that's on your roof, or is that somewhere else and in, in transfers the energy to your house? The roofs in the houses that we've lived at has really never quite been oriented in the uh, right way. So we have used ground mount systems both at our old house and at this one as well. We used to have a dual-axis tracker at the house that I lived at before, and that's a really expensive proposition, but it does maximize the amount of solar electric that you can generate. At this house, we just have a pole-mounted system in our backyard that is on the kind of on the northern edge of the backyard, so it gets the most sun of any place in the yard. And that is a about a 1.8 kilowatt nameplate system, and that probably generates 40% of the, our electrical needs, and that includes having a, we don't have a full electric vehicle, but we have a Chevy Volt, which mm-hmm. for using it around town, it's a gas-electric hybrid, but it can go 40 to 60 miles just on the electric charge, so we take advantage of the electricity we generate. So, Chris, would you say with the solar, you've been able to cover the cost of what that array was to put in versus what you're getting out of it? It takes you about 10 years to recover that cost. Okay. At least it will take us that. Okay. We do not take the full rewards. There's an incentive that's offered by XL Energy. We are XL Energy customers. But it's important to us that as much renewable energy goes on the grid as possible. So for the portion of the electricity that we purchase, we buy from a special program at XL Energy that's called WindSource. Hmm. And so 100% of the electricity that we use at our house is either generated by us or it is generated by wind farms probably over in the western part of the state. Now, I have um, never heard of this wind source. Could you explain that a little bit to me? Yes, yeah, sure. In some cases, it, they will call that green pricing programs. Mm-hmm. There is a high upfront cost still to put in your own solar array. And if the utility does it, they have economies of scale. So where the homeowner might pay $3.50 a watt for every kilowatt a nameplate rating of an installed solar array, a utility is going to pay you know less than a dollar, something less mm-hmm. than a dollar. So it's much less expensive for a bigger array and one that's managed by the utility. Okay. And so they, if they invest in those kind of resources, and many utilities will, they will have some kind of a green pricing program where for a little bit extra money per kilowatt, you can purchase 100% renewable energy. So XL Energy has a couple programs. One is called Solar Connection Connect, and they have their own solar arrays, but they also own a lot of wind farms over in, in western Minnesota, and so we subscribe to something called WindSource. Okay. So you sound like you're all in in terms of being renewable energy and, and zero net zero energy and that sort of thing, and that has led you to become involved first as a volunteer with Southeast CERT, or Clean Energy Resource. What in the world is that? The clean energy resource teams are very, well, they're not widely known, but they're an amazing organization. CERTS was created by the Minnesota legislature 12 years ago 
And their mission, the mission that they were assigned by the, by the state of Minnesota, was, is to help communities with clean energy projects. And they are a partnership organization. Sometimes I say it's easier to say what they aren't than what they are, okay. because they're not really the University of Minnesota. And yet the University of Minnesota Extension, through the Regional Sustainable Development Partnership, is one of the partners. And so uh, when I get paid, I'm getting paid from the University of Minnesota Extension. The Minnesota, we are also not a state agency, and yet the Minnesota Department of Commerce, Division of Energy Resources, is one of our partners. And there's also a nonprofit that's located in the Twin Cities. It's called the Great Plains Institute, and they do a lot of work on utility regulation models and electric vehicles and a variety of other topics, but at they, uh, that nonprofit, the Great Plains Institute, is also one of our partners. And far over in the southwestern corner of the state, the, south, the Southwestern Regional Development Commission is, is the fourth partner in this organization. And they joined CERTS back probably 10 years ago in the early days of CERTS when those wind farms in western Minnesota were going in place. They did a lot of work around zoning for wind wind farms and wind turbines. So CERTS advances really the mission of all of those partner organizations. So we don't make policy, but once there is a policy or uh, once the University of Minnesota is offering some kind of support, then we love to go around and make sure everybody knows about it. And in my case, Particularly, I want to make sure that people in greater Minnesota get to share in the resources, that they, that they don't just go to folks in the metro area. So how do you do that? Because I was not really aware of CERTS, the Clean Energy Resource Team, until Lee Pomeroy brought it to my attention and <laughs> sent me your way. So he's, you know, he's obviously a big proponent of clean energy and is really spreading the gospel about it here. So how do we learn more about it and what it does for us here in in outer Minnesota. Yeah, absolutely. So I try to do outreach, and I one of my favorite stories, as you said, I live over in Winona, and we have a tiny town here, Altura, Minnesota, has about 350 residents. It's inside Winona County. And I was out with an intern uh, making some visits. The intern was from Winona State University, and we were talking to the, the small municipalities in the county about a benchmarking program that, that is still available where cities can benchmark their energy use in their public buildings to better help them understand how they're doing and if they potentially could save energy. And so we had gone to Altura, and we were talking to the, the, the guy that is the public works department. He also runs the snowplows um, about this benchmarking. And he said to me, you know, what I could really use is an, uh, uh, some kind of energy assessment on my wastewater treatment facility. They had ponds. They have two ponds, and they use aerators in those ponds. And he said, I think those pumps are really old, and I bet if I could upgrade them, to more efficient pumps, we could save a lot of money, but that would be several thousand dollars, and I can't go to my city council and ask for that. 
and I called the folks at the University of Minnesota. And that's part of my job is to know what possible resources exist. And the folks at, uh, in, in, at the university who run a, a program called the Minnesota Technical Assistance Program, and they specialize in giving advice on a number of industries, but in particular, wastewater treatment facilities. And they had just gotten a, a DOE, a Department of Energy grant, and they were looking for 20 wastewater treatment plants of different types across the state to participate. And they would do energy audits, and they would actually be telling them what ways they could save. And, and so I got the city of Altura enrolled into that program. They got their energy audit. Just a couple weeks later, uh, three engineers from the University of Minnesota came down and dug out all the records on the, from the engineering of the facility. And they came back after about two months, and there was a turkey plant in Altura that had closed. And so they were at double their capacity. And they could shut off half of those half of those pumps in the wastewater treatment plant and save about $15,000 a year. Mm -hmm. So that is, I mean, one of the ways that certs just by sharing university resources or Minnesota state resources can help communities. So my job as a regional coordinator is to try and meet as many people as I can and find out what work they're doing and what work they might be interested in. So how about your average resident? Is it going to be affecting residents or is it more, like you said, institutions like cities and counties? It can be individuals, and we do help individuals most times, but it more often it is on more of a community level. We do provide something called seed grants, and those could be up to $5,000, and we do that every two years. And we just got done uh, doing uh, awarding seed grants in January of 2022. So sometimes the projects that are done in seed grants help individuals, but frequently we work with organizations not so much just the single business or the single individual. Could you give an example of some of the projects that a seed grant might be helping? Yes, I can. This year was a particularly a great year. The Hometown Resource Center is the food shelf and thrift shop in St. Charles, Minnesota. And they received a seed grant which they combined with some other American Rescue Plan funds to replace their HVAC system with something that is much more energy efficient. Uh, will save them about $600 a year, but also be more reliable. We have helped the Nay Nature Center, uh, which is over by Henderson, to install a solar array. And several thousand kids a year come through from school programs, and so they've put together an educational program about that solar array. Another example, we worked with a project we worked with a group called Project Fine to do translation and provide some energy efficiency workshops for Hmong and Spanish speaking individuals who live in manufactured homes. Okay. Because those are especially many times they're very old and they're it's very hard to make repairs to improve the 
you know, to improve their energy efficiency. And so you also mentioned that you deal with policy and that sort of thing. Do you, Have you worked on any policy that's been enacted or are you working on any? So CERT doesn't make policy. We certainly don't advocate for any specific policies. But when the state of Minnesota makes a program available, we do try to help spread the word. So Minnesota has a program called Property Assessed Clean Energy, and it is for businesses. It's a way of financing either energy efficiency upgrades or, in many cases in in southeastern Minnesota, it's put in some larger-scale solar arrays, like 40 kilowatts or so, by financing it through your property taxes. The benefit of it is that the... St. Paul Port Authority is the agency that makes the loans, and they do it at a very reasonable rate. Because the property tax payments are done in two times a year, and frequently there's a time lag, if you were to install a solar array, it gives you time to accumulate the savings that can actually fully make the the payments. So it, it is designed to create sort of a Revenue neutral and low, you know, reduce or remove that upfront cost for making those kind of changes. Because many times solar or energy efficiency, it can pay for itself. But you would want the terms of the financing to be such that you can, in fact, allow it to pay for itself. And then you'll go on and have savings for many years after that. So I'm just wondering, where can people go to find out more information about the clean energy resource team and how it may benefit them or their community? Yes, we have a website. If you were to Google cleanenergyresourceteams.org, you would find out about it. Our steering committee members act as ambassadors as well. So people who know Lee Pomeroy or folks who know Brianna Baker could certainly talk to them. And my contact information is on our website. We also, we do events, of course, you know, COVID sort of threw a a wrench in everything, but we still do quite a number of online events and educational events featuring folks from around the state and from the University of Minnesota. So if they looked on our website under the events page, they'd be able to see what kind of uh, upcoming events we have. Well, can anybody get involved with this on the team or is it just certain people that are on the team or how does it work? Nope. Nope. Anyone would be welcome to attend our events. And then in terms of, like, we make seed grants every two years, right? Okay. So we are we are looking for seed grant proposals, and it isn't even, it's not too early really to start thinking about those, to be prepared at the end of next year to make an application and be able to have your project go forward. We have done some great projects in the Mankato area. More recently, we did, we helped Mankato West with a lighting, LED lighting upgrade. Mm -hmm. And that was a fabulous event. And we did an interview with the group Echo Solutions, and they did a fabulous presentation at at the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. So there's ways to get involved, especially when we we are in the process of making seed grants. Okay, and that, you said, it's coming around, so check out the website, yes. which you said is cleanenergyresourceteams.org. Yes, I and mean, it's not too early to start thinking about seed grants for next year. And I love to talk to people in advance about them, 
about what might make the CDRAP project more likely to be funded and about what other projects we might have done and, and what other resources separate from seed grants that are potentially available from the folks at CERTs. How are you funded then? So we get some funding from the legislature. And the state of Minnesota has something called the Conservation Improvement Program. Mm -hmm. It is uh, legislation that asks our electric and gas utilities to help their customers save money at their end use. And so part of our funding comes from those Conservation Improvement Program funds. And we do help our electric utilities. Uh, When we can, we partner with them to help them meet their goals. So we get grant money that's separate from state funding as well for much of the work that we do. What else would you like our listeners to know about the Clean Energy Resource Team? I, just to, you, this idea that you had never heard of us and many people had, has, have never really heard of us. We're sort of a well-kept secret, but we try. Uh, we try hard to let people know about all the work that we're doing. And that's my goal in, in giving you an interview today is really to help folks understand, hey, search is here and we have a whole set of resources that we can share if if folks are interested in clean energy. Well, I want to thank you. We have been talking with Chris Meyer, the Southeast CERT coordinator, and we appreciate your time and all the efforts you're doing to make use of renewable energy and clean up our environment. Thank you so much, Chris. Yes, thank you. Great work with your podcast. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Every Day is Earth Day is supported by Minnesota Valley Federal Credit Union. With two locations in Mankato since 1934, it pays to bank where your part owner member NCUA. More at mnvalleyfcu.coop. And Every Day is Earth Day is also supported by members of the Executive Board of the South Central Minnesota Clean Energy Council. Find out more at smcleanenergy.org.